Got a couple of Triscuits down. I'm ready to go. I'm refueled. Uh, let's rock. It is the Just Baseball Show. Today is Tuesday, March 8th. Jack McMullen back with Peter Apple. Uh, we're talking about some horrible contracts. Guys make a lot of money. Uh, we hope that more guys make more money with the lockout, but that's what we're waiting for. Um, I was just having this conversation with a couple other guys on the JB staff before we get into it. Hey, first of all, Peter, how are you? Doing well. Can I throw one question to you before we get into it? Favorite Triscuit flavor? Yeah. Favorite? So I just had like the roasted garlic Triscuit. Yeah, so good. Yeah, That's cannot good. be in a public space after that, though. My breath smells like ass right now. Yeah, it's worth it. And, you know, you smell like a winner. Like, Triscuits are for winners. I, I would argue yeah. the Triscuits are better than most chips. One of the most underrated crackers in the history of man. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Uh, Triscuits and Wheat Thins are my jam. I absolutely love Wheat Thins, too. Who doesn't fuck with a good Wheat Thin? My thing is, Triscuits blow them out of the water, though. I mean, they're the best cracker. You know what? I'm going to say something again controversial. Better than Cheez-Its, better than Goldfish. Holy shit. Okay, Cheez-Its are better than Goldfish. I don't know if they're better than Cheez-Its. Agreed. But Triscuits are better. Damn, man. Um... hmm. I also just love my regular old Ritz cracker. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Not better than Triscuits. Yeah, shit. I mean, tr- I mean John, that's just my opinion. Triscuits, yeah, Triscuits have a little bit more versatility than Absolutely. Wheat Thins is my big thing. Can you, you tell can we're in a, a sandwich? <laughs> you can make a sandwich out of Triscuits. A real-life yeah. sandwich. Rosemary Triscuits, they've been keeping me through this lockout. <laughs> Dude, like, it's so hard to, like, try and talk about baseball right now. So let's just resort to Triscuits for as long as we possibly can. Um, here's my thing on this lockout right now. Okay. Everybody's so... <laughs> Sorry, that was not a clean transition. I like to pride myself on my transition. Wasn't clean at all. Everybody is talking about the competitive balance tax, right? Like th- this luxury tax threshold where you got to, you know, like the union wants it at, at 238, I think I saw, and the, and the owners wanted it at 220 or something. Mm-hmm. Why are we so hell-bent on this number? Because it's not like anybody hits it to begin with. Yeah. Like I, I was just having this conversation with Aram and Ryan Finkelstein, and it's like, okay, the teams that the competitive balance tax affects – are the Mets, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. And that's it. And well, we have learned that the Mets and the Dodgers are willing to pay the penalty to go over. But we also know that some of these smaller market owners don't want to be outspent. That seems to be the thing. Like, I, right. I think it came out that the Tigers owner or the Reds owner, and I think it was two others as well, didn't even want it going up from $210 million. Yeah, they said I, the ten million dollar increase was too high. Was it the I think Tigers? I thought it was like I don't even think Reds, the owners are Angels. all. This, I don't even think the owners are all on the same page. It's it's so hard. And like, here's the thing though, they're getting on the Titanic and they're trying to drag everybody down with them. Yep. It's like you're exactly. coming with. If you're I'm dying, you're dying too. And they're not dying. And what the hell? They're not dying. They make no, plenty of money. What are you re- talking about? People are going to fucking outspend you. If you don't want to spend any money, people are going to spend more then money. Sell if you your care about winning, team. they're going to spend more money. Sell your own team. Sell your team. Nobody's making you own an MLB franchise worth a billion dollars. If you don't want to do it, if you don't want to spend it, don't own the team. But if, you're, well, if you and, continue to own it, that means that you are making money. No owner just buys a team to intentionally lose money and not spend. That literally doesn't make any sense, especially for billionaires who already make a shit ton of money. They don't make those bad business decisions. They're not just going to own something that's going to drain their bank account. It's obviously making you money, and you decide not to spend. You should not own your team. Arm <laughs> just brought it up yesterday. I mean, it's like, good thing the Ricketts are looking into buying Chelsea because yeah, they're losing them. so much money with the yeah. God. Shit, dude. Here's the thing. They're running out Tony Campana as the star of the Cubs in like 2011. (laughs) 
who is fast. Okay, good for you, Tony Campana. You run quick. Um, but, I mean, you're selling out Wrigley Field every day with Tony Campana as your best player. You're not losing money. You're not. You're not losing money. You never will lose money on the Chicago Cubs. Never. Gosh. You can make it up in just Wrigleyville merch. I mean, shit. And that's not even one of the best, like, city edition uniforms. I know. Like, <laughs> no, that's just, like, one of them. You throw better. it in there. It's dark blue and lighter blue. It's not good. Um, I, I brought this up. Ball State was at Western Michigan last week. Mm-hmm. Um, who in the right mind decides in a meeting that the school colors should be brown and lighter brown? That's Western Michigan. It's disgusting. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are named after a color. It, or turds. <laughs> yeah, I, know I mean, just bad at football. After. Cleveland bad at footballs. <laughs> I, I, I don't have an answer for you. It's terrible. We're, we're in a very pessimistic move, and it makes sense when we rank the worst contracts in Major League Baseball as well. Right. Let's we're pep in one it of those up. moves. Let's, it started let's off with a bag with Triscuits, and now it's, just, <laughs> now it's just anger. Here we go. Here we go. Now we're talking money. Triscuits in affordable Heart healthy snack occasionally depends on you know <laughs> what's on the Triscuit, but overall but, a pretty healthy alternative to Lay's. Can we? Yeah, yes. <laughs> but can we? How in the hell do Triscuits help your heart? How do Cheerios help your heart? There's no way they are crackers in milk, and Triscuits are yeah, like without the milk, but the crackers. Yeah, like heart what's healthy honey nut Cheerios. I don't know. How is I that also, good for your heart? Fun thing about me. Uh, okay. One of my go-to snacks, not really fun, just like, Jack, you're weird as hell, but everybody already knew that. Okay. Uh, one of my go-to snacks is Honey Nut Cheerios without milk. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a classic, but yeah. also. How about Frosted Mini Wheats without milk? That's what I go with sometimes, too. Mm, I've done Frosted Flakes without milk. I'm just not Man, really a big cereal can't... guy. I'm not a big breakfast guy, really. You big Me breakfast neither. guy? I just go with a coffee and let it rip. No. See, I have another incredibly controversial take. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I don't like eggs. Never been an egg guy. I hear you. Um, good eggs are fine. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of hotels that I'm in and just have the powdered eggs, I'm, I'm out. I'm all the way out. Living on the East Coast, coming over from California, the bacon, egg, and cheese is the staple food. And as a guy who's not a big fan of eggs, I've been ridiculed in college, you know, I was always on the outside looking in while all my friends just diving into big plates of eggs. And I'm like, I don't I don't mess with it. And they're like, I don't mess with you. Didn't have many friends in college because of it. You were my friend, though, I guess because you don't Ooh. love eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can do without the bacon, egg and cheese, to be totally honest. Um, I don't know. But like a good skillet. Mm, sign me up for that. Why don't we talk worst contracts in baseball? Because that is the, the point of the podcast. That's what we I think that's for. fine. I think that's fine. Okay. I think I'm ready. Here's what we're here's what we're doing. Um, we did best, most team friendly contracts in baseball last week, and we liked going through that. We liked seeing where teams spend their money effectively, and that is a credit to the GM, not these shitty owners who just yeah. okay it. Um, now I think I'm gonna enjoy talking about this because it is taking so much money that is poorly spent out of the owners' pockets, and oh my god, I love that. And and I think another disclaimer: I love that all of these players got paid. Because screw it. Yes. It's great. Absolutely. Good. Take more money from the owners. Good. I'm glad you got the contract. I hope that you make even more money. But we have to go over what were the worst contracts given out. And Absolutely. also a disclaimer, this these teams, remember, it's not pre-arbitration guys who would most likely end up on the best contracts, which you can find. I think that was episode 171. We did it last week. Um, best contracts in baseball. Now we're doing the worst. These aren't contracts signed with a previous team. For example, the worst contract on the Dodgers is easily David Price, but we didn't pick David Price because he signed that contract with the Red Sox. Similarly, Evan Longoria contract on the Giants, not a good contract, even though Longoria actually had a pretty good year last year. Still, objectively not a good contract, but he signed that with the Rays, not with the Giants. So that's why those two guys aren't going to make the list and you're not going to see guys who signed with other teams on their current team. Correct. Um, I'll start us off in the AL East. I did the NL for best contracts. I'll do the AL for worst contracts. Uh, And in Baltimore, they just don't pay anybody. Like, Trey Mancini's a fine deal. 
Uh, Jordan Lyles is going to make $6 million this year and has a club option for $11 million next year. I think they'll decline the club option because Jordan Lyles stinks. So Jordan Lyles is my answer. It has to be Jordan Lyles. I think he was the worst pitcher in baseball last year. Maybe second worst. Close. Definitely top three. Close. I mean, he was an auto fade. Jordan Lyles is pitching <laughs> for the Baltimore. <laughs> Other teams, buddy. <laughs> Love it. All right, let's start with Atlanta. The Atlanta Braves, Marcelo Zuna and his four-year, $65 million contract going from 2021 to 2025. I don't really want to talk about Marcelo Zuna that much. I mean, he received a 20-game suspension for violating MLB's domestic abuse policy, but is eligible to start the 2022 season. The problem with the Braves, they've done a really good job with a lot of their contracts, but I don't know what you're going to get from Marcelo Zuna, and I don't particularly want to talk about him. Yeah, I, I frankly have nothing to add to that. Let's move on. End quote, Agreed. Jim Rome. Uh, Toronto, Hyunjin Ryu is making, I think, close to $80 million over the next two years. Or no, not $80 million, like uh, $40 million over the next two years. It's a little different. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> a full no trade clause. But I think Randall Gritchick at ten point three annually over the next ten or over the next two years hurts more. Um, he signed five years, fifty two million dollars after the twenty eighteen season, where he was an eight hundred OPS guy. So like eight hundred OPS, are you going to pay that guy ten and a third million dollars a year? I don't know. But he's been a seven hundred OPS guy since. He plays average to below average defense. He's got an average to slightly below average bat. It feels like they could spend $10 million in the outfield more wisely than they did on Gritchick. He's not a starter on a playoff team, and if you're not a starter, at least a, a capable starter on a playoff team, you should be not be making $10 million per year. He's not a Correct. bad player, but he's just making too much money. Correct. The New York Mets. They signed their catcher, James McCann, to a four-year, $40.6 million deal from 2021 to 2024 he's currently the fourth highest paid catcher and he had a phenomenal 2020 and he put up a 143 op he put up a 143 (laughs) ops plus but recorded a 77 ops plus in 2021 and he's now 31 years old pains me to say dos pueblos high school alum where i'm also went to high school i've even met the guy super great dude but when you're the fourth highest paid catcher and you are not a top 15 offensive catcher. And on defense, he wasn't that great either last year. Gotta ding you. The Mets don't have, of course, paid Max Scherzer a ton of money and Francisco Lindor a ton of money. But they don't really have that many bad contracts. But this is the one that kind of sticks out. But I do think James McCann can be better next year. But I think Mets fans are just waiting for the Francisco Alvarez show, who is their top prospect and honestly a top five prospect in all of Major League Baseball. And probably the second best catcher in the minor leagues behind Adley Rutschman. Yeah, McCann is a manager in waiting. McCann is a very good on-field coach, and I got to see it firsthand with the White Sox. Right, he caught Giolito's no-hitter. McCann was as valuable to the White Sox in 2020 as anybody. He was great, and then he got paid by the Mets, I thought deservedly so, and then he stunk it up this past year. So, like, it's not a knock on the Mets for paying James McCann. I thought it was a fine signing. I know a lot of people didn't like it as soon as it happened because they were like, okay, what's his ceiling? The answer is that, that he just did in Chicago. Um, and that's like platoon guy at best. Um, but McCann is a very smart baseball player. I mm-hmm. think he's going to be great, especially for Francisco Alvarez. When Alvarez comes up or when they're in spring training together and those two get a chance to work together McCann's going to be a teacher Alvarez is going to be the student mm-hmm. and obviously you don't want to pay an instructor however many millions of dollars <laughs> you want to pay a catcher however many millions of dollars but if you're going to get anything out of him it's going to be good tutelage for who you believe to be your franchise catcher agreed boom the Boston Red Sox when I tell you I hate paying bullpen arms Mm-hmm. Matt Barnes is going to make 8.1 this year and 8.4 next year with a club mm-hmm. option at eight flat in 2024. Mm-hmm. Uh, brutal. brutal. Honorable mention is Jackie Bradley Jr. at nine and a half this year and a mutual option at 12 next year, but he signed that with the Brewers. Um, so JBJ doesn't count. I just hate paying a guy who was like best closer in baseball before the all-star break and then couldn't get anybody out after the all-star break. Quick question for you. Do you like or dislike the Bogarts deal? 
I think he's making what he should be making. I don't think it's six that for one twenty. Yeah, I think he's a twenty million, twenty million a year guy. He's a f- fantastic bat, but one of the worst defenders at the position. I think that's the deal that he should get. So I don't think it's bad or good. I think it's on par with what he deserves. Yeah, I really, I I'm not gonna say I really like the Bogart deal, but I don't hate it. I really don't dislike the Xander Bogart deal. No. Six one twenty will take him through his age thirty two season. So you're not paying for dead years. No. Um, and that's the price for a top flight shortstop. And Xander Bogarts, despite the defensive woes, is a top flight shortstop in Major League Baseball. Do you think he's top five? I don't. Yeah, I do. Do you think Wander's better? Um, Colby and I were just Tatis. having this debate on not gambling advice. We did our full AL betting preview on not gambling advice. We were talking about the Rays. And Colby, he was like, oh, Wander Franco's already a top five shortstop. And I'm like, ooh, is he? But when you think about it, you know, with the glove, he's great. He's a gold glove level caliber shortstop. He's got a cannon for an arm. And we know what he's going to do with the plate next year. I'd probably take Wander over Xander Bogarts. I don't know. Tatis, Trey Turner, and then I think I go Bogarts and then Wander. Mm. Correa? Oh, yeah, shit. Tatis, Turner, Correa, Bogarts, Wander, Seager. I'll take Seager. I'd also take Bo Bichette. I wouldn't take Bo Bichette over Bogarts. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Bovichet's bats like better. I wouldn't, Peter. Ne- next right. team. I wouldn't. <laughs> All right, next team. The Washington Nationals gave Patrick Corbin a six-year, $140 million deal from 2019 to 2024. His 5.89 ERA is easily the worst among the game's 39 qualified pitchers. And I'm actually, I cheated. I stole this one off of Jake Graziano's article, top five worst contracts in the entire sport. And he had Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg tied for the worst. And I'm just going to pick Patrick Corbin because thing with Steven Strasburg, his thing has been injuries while Corbin's has just been bad production. He gave up 37 home runs last year. That was the worst in baseball. And if we include 2020, he has a 5.01 ERA since 2020. Not good. He's been one of the worst pitchers in all of baseball. And he's making some of the most money in all of baseball. (laughs) Uh, Corbin, the pride of Clay, New York, attended Cicero North Syracuse High School. Um, Yeah, Jake... (laughs) <laughs> Jake in his article, uh, for all you Syracuse folk, I think I've already said this, for all you Syracuse folk, um, Peter and I both went to Syracuse. Lucy's, um, Orange Crate Brewing Company, is mm-hmm. I think it's actual name now. Uh, Lucy's is like the classic on-campus bar. Um, I was there oh, yeah. over the New Year's for some reason. Yeah, and um, out of nowhere, Lucy started branding Patrick Corbin World Series champ after the 2019 season. Um was a a guest bartender at Lucy's on New Year's Eve. And, like, nobody goes to Lucy's on New Year's Eve because it is Syracuse University's bar. All the students are on break. I have no idea who goes to Lucy's on New Year's Eve, but Patrick Corbin was there, apparently. Um, Jake kind of, like, co-signed it and said Corbin and Strasburg were the worst deals in Major League Baseball. Um, Strasburg's a shit ton of money. He will never live up to that again. So, so much money. $245 million. Yeah. So much money. Yeah. Also, Which ever is terrible. since that Lucy's outing, Corbin's been terrible on the mound. Listen, tell Lucy's. <laughs> Someone's got to tell That's somebody. That's their fault. I, I got to tell Corbin. I say, hey, man, I noticed um, <laughs> that you have sucked since then. <laughs> Too many uh, tee shots. Yeah. I, here's the thing. Scherzer, or no, Strasburg. Scherzer's worth all the money in the world. Yeah. Uh, Strasburg signed 245. Strasburg is probably worth an $100 million deal. Strasburg is an $100 million pitcher, right? Corbin is nowhere close to the value that he was signed for. Not close. So I think Corbin takes the kick. Uh, the Yankees are the team that's paying Zach Britton $14 million. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Stanton. I love that you went Britain. I love that you went Britain because it is I didn't Britain. even go Britain. Oh. I didn't even go Britain. 
No, I think the, I think the Aaron Hicks deal blows. Uh, well, yeah, that's not a good one, but it's not the worst on the Yankees. The Brit dude, he one signed sucks. seven. The Britain one sucks. It's so <laughs> bad. They're paying Zach Britton fourteen million dollars this year. Never forget it. But Aaron Hicks signed seven years, seventy million dollars ahead of the twenty nineteen season. In twenty nineteen, he played fifty nine games. He had a seven seventy OPS. In 2020, he played the majority of the 60-game slate. He played 54 games, had a 790 OPS. He's not worth $10 million a year in that year. This past year, he played 32 games and had a 627 OPS. He's got some pop. He's got an arm, but he's a career 233 hitter, making $10 million annually pretty much through 2025. That's sunk cost. Britain is sunk cost this year. If you're setting up for the future, Hicks sucks, and I will never call the Stanton deal a bad deal, A, because the Marlins did it, uh, and B, because Giancarlo Stanton is one of the best power hitters this game has ever seen. Mm -hmm. When he's on, like, 2021 Stanton is absolutely worth that money. Agreed, and he was elite in the playoffs, too. Kind of a question mark there. Coming over from Miami, how is he going to perform in high-leverage situations? He's been a stud. Agreed. My only thing with the Hicks deal, Hicks is a guy who's just been dealing with injury after injury, and he can't just stay on the field. And I think those injuries have then dampened that performance on the field. I think Zach yes. Britton is the answer, but I agree. The Hicks contract is so long, but it's not like $10 million hurts the Yankees that much. But if you look at it in the grand scheme of things across the league, it's definitely not a good contract. But the Britton one, like, he's not even good. Hicks is at least serviceable. Ah. Uh, Maybe that's going too far. You can't stay on the field. Like, that. that's the thing. Injuries, I think, go from bad luck to a real concern when it happens as much as it has happened to Aaron Hicks. Right? If it was just 2019, it's like, okay, yeah, you can't can't call it a bust of a, of a contract deal now um, because he has more time to prove it. But he's been hurt constantly. Yeah. It's not good. It's not good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just glad you didn't jump on the stand train because technically you couldn't because of the Marlins, but I But I think it's I, a fine deal. I think we gotta go with the Britain deal. Like that deal sucks. That's the worst, I think. Correct. But <laughs> just correct, because also Hicks sucks. Yes. I think both of them suck. Fair. The Miami Marlins, their new addition, Avisale Garcia signed at four year fifty three million dollar deal from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty six. The problem is the Marlins don't have that many deals on their payroll right now. But since 2019, Avisail Garcia is rocking a 108 WRC plus and five and a half F war. He's a quality outfield option, but the like I said, Marlins don't have a ton to work with. I just think it was a bit expensive for what Avisail Garcia deserves and what he can bring to the table. And he turns 31 in June. Just didn't love the deal. And besides Sandy, they have a couple really small contracts. This was the big one. I don't know if he's going to get you the value that $53 million should get you. Yeah, we just went over it with uh, we just went over it with Craig Mish last week. I think the only multi-year deals that the Jeter regime signed players to was like Corey Dickerson, Anthony Bass, and now Avi Garcia. There might be one more in there. Um, th- there's no like there's nothing there there's nothing yeah. to to pick apart there's so, like two real yeah, contracts the sandy one which is a great one and the abstract one which is not that great yeah but you can't say it's bad yet because he hasn't played a game for the marlins so that's yeah. just the one that isn't great yeah. <laughs> and then you've got anthony bass who's irrelevant because he's getting paid three million dollars and i could be wrong that could end up being a good contract but there are only so many options and like i personally no, i don't think I mean, that it was that great of a deal and rm even agreed with us and i was a resident marlins guy we're going to come back to this in things. 2025. <laughs> After Avi Garcia wins the next three MVPs, we're going to come back to this November of 2025 and say, Peter, you're canceled. The problem is, though, in a big, in a great hitter's park, Avisel Garcia wasn't even that great. Correct. Why does he deserve four years, $53 million? I don't I The don't answer is it. he doesn't. <laughs> there he doesn't. Go. That's why he makes Yes, the that's the worst deal. Uh, Tampa is so freaking good at spending their money. Oh, my God. 
I would kind of say that they flubbed with Kiermaier, who got six years, 53 in 2017, but he's performed to that money. He has performed to that standard. It's just everybody else overperforms what they get paid in Tampa. So I'm going to go ahead and say Brooks Raley, who got about $10 million committed to him over the next two years, and he's already 34. But now that I say Brooks Raley is the worst deal on the Rays, he's probably going to be a fucking all-star. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brooks Raley wasn't even that great last year for the Astros anyway, but two years, 10 million. Not amazing, but not... Yeah, I mean, it's the race. Isn't he going to be Kittredge, though? Like, isn't he going to be an all-star probably. this year? Yeah, probably. So, that's why I'm like... Damn it. <laughs> I was trying to poke a hole. Like, he had a 4780 RA last year. I, that's the hole, but he's going to be great for the race. So, what can we do? Rayleigh and Corey Kluber are going to win the Co-Cy Young. Yeah. Philadelphia Phillies. Didi Gregorius signed a two-year, $28 million deal from 2021 to 2022. Believe it or not, Phillies don't have that many bad contracts. The deal for Harper was very expensive, but I think it was worth it. Nola and Wheeler have pretty solid deals, and J.T. Romuto and Gene Segura are making what they deserve. And I'll go with the shortstop, who's been one of the worst defenders, and his 68 WRC Plus in 2021 was one of the worst at the position. To give you a better idea how bad 68 WRC Plus is, Elvis Andrews had a 72 WRC Plus last year. And he slashed like 230, 290, 320. Um, Kevin Newman, for example, like 200, 250, 310. He was a 51 WRC+. Like it was one of, he was one of the worst hitters in baseball and also one of the worst at his position. And it's the premium position. He cannot, I don't think he can be the answer for the Phillies in 2022 if they want to make a playoffs. He could be a DH. What do you think? He was terrible last year as an offensive player. Can he be better? Of course. But then you're putting him in your DH? Like, probably Matt Veerling could have a better year. I'm still holding out hope on Didi. Me too, and I love Didi. He's the man. I have a soft spot for Didi. He is the man, and he's a sir. He is sir, Didi. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. Like... Maybe a platoon DH. Here's the thing. It's sunk cost anyways. You're you're going to have to pay him. So see whatever you can get yeah. from him. And if he's the third middle infielder and a platoon DH, c'est la vie. Um, the Phillies don't have a good option at DH right now anyways. Yeah. Yeah, so, maybe you could try him. Because he's know. better than, than what he was, but he still wasn't good. Right. <laughs> right. Um, it was a Foolish Baseball put out a poll. It was like, who do you think is going to have a better year this year, Yelich or Bellinger? He was like, I'm, I'm shocked at how optimistic I am about Bellinger because Yelich had a 99 WRC plus and Bellinger had like a 45 WRC plus. It's like <laughs> one of them was average, but he was so down from what he was in Yelich. And yeah. then Bellinger just sucked. He was like worst player in baseball and everybody's so optimistic on Cody Bellinger. So that's like kind of the conversation about Didi, right? Like he sucked, but we still want to be optimistic, but he sucked. Because he's likable. We believe it's it. Likeable. But Yelich is also extremely likable as well. Correct. I think that had more to go with the injury stuff rather than likability. Correct. You see uh, the photo of him at the DMV? No. The Instagram story, just a photo of him waiting at the DMV. <laughs> He's regular like, hey, can't play shit. baseball, but the DMV still open. <laughs> it is, it's such regular dude shit. Uh, let's go to the Central, starting with the White Sox. Dallas Keuchel is <laughs> the answer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Fuck. Everybody knew the deal wouldn't live up to it when he signed three years, 55, ahead of 2020. He made $18 million last year for a 5-2-8 ERA. He'll make $18 million this year to be a sitting duck in the rotation, taking starts away from Michael Kopech. And if he throws 160 innings this year, he threw 162 last year. If he throws 160 innings this year, he's got a vesting option to net him $20 million next year. If he throws 160 innings this year, he makes $20 million from the White Sox in 2023. So we got to thank him for his 199 ERA in 11 starts in 2020. That was a top five Cy Young finish. He was good in 2020, but that's 11 starts. I think anybody can be good over 11 starts. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Jordan Lyles being the worst pitcher in baseball last year. Might have been Dallas Keuchel. Keuchel sucked. Keuchel was bad. How about the Chicago Cubs? Jason Hayward signed an eight-year, $184 million deal. I also stole this from the top five. 
worst contracts in baseball article written by Jake Graziano, which you can find on JustBaseball.com. And he kind of worded it perfectly. Since 2016, and I'm quoting here, Hayward has five seasons with a WRC plus of 100 or less and three seasons under 90. And even his defense has gone from elite to good in recent years. And, you know, Jake called the defense good. I would call it average. Finished 11th in outs above average in right field last year. Was fine. I don't even know if it's good. I, I, But I, I guess you would still call him a good defender. But according to the numbers, he was slightly above average. Pretty average, though. Yeah, hey, I, I like to say that it's worth it because of what he did for them in 2016, but it's never been worth it. It's no, It's been nowhere no, close to No, you're not paying $184 million for that. Like, no, for a pep talk you know, during a rain delay, you're, yeah, you're not paying. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, brutal. Um, he was the king of rolling over when he first got it. It was just like, okay, yeah, the welcome to the show guy. It's, you know, it's Atlanta Braves fringe superstar Jason Hayward. You're signing to massive money who's built like a freak, like a Greek god, who still is built like a Greek god. But the thing about Hayward is there there, there are so many things, like the, the soft roller back to the pitcher's mound or to the first baseman. When you look like that, you can't be rolling over softly to the first baseman. He is one of the most impressive baseball buddies we've seen. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, but he it's not Giancarlo, but it's the step right under Giancarlo. The man looks like a taller Willie Mays, but he plays like Isan Diaz. Ooh, Ooh. that's mean. (laughs) Uh, Cleveland, when I tell you that they're paying absolutely no one, they're paying absolutely no one. Jose Ramirez is the only one with a legitimate dollar sign attached next to his name on a contract that he signed. The only player that they signed was Jose Ramirez. Shit contract. I, I, I'm not going to say that. I, I shan't. It's crazy. That's so, the best contract in baseball. And spot, it's the only contract they have. Right. So Spot Track estimates that Austin Hedges is going to make $3.8 million this year in his final year of arbitration. So I'll, I'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. I don't know. It's like that's default. Like, it, the, the Guardians, I abstain. <laughs> and I wish I could abstain from this next pick, the Milwaukee Brewers. Christian Yelich at seven years, one hundred and eighty-eight and a half million. This one sucks because I don't think he deserves it yet. I don't think we can evaluate him yet, and the Brewers have a lot of solid contracts, so that's why we have to go with Christian Yelich here. I mean, since twenty twenty, he's hitting two thirty-four with a one hundred five WRC plus and twenty-one home runs in one hundred and seventy-five games, and he's going to be thirty years old. I just think we have to be cautious when it comes to Christian Yelich. He's got all the talent in the world and can totally go back to being one of the best hitters in baseball. But for right now, from what we've seen from 2020 on, it has been major league average. A 105 WRC+, plus, 5% above major league average. That's not what you sign up for when you give a player a 7-year, $188 million contract. No comment. <laughs> like I love Yelich. Sucks. I love Yelich, and I wish I didn't have to pick him. But also, the Brewers have done a very good job contract-wise. There, there's not a lot of guys who have bad contracts, so I went with the biggest. And Yelich has been struggling, even though I love Christian Yelich, and I totally think he can rebound. Yeah, 100%. Um, Minnesota, I hate the Donaldson money. I do. Sano provides the possibility of boom that's worth $9.2 million. I think Max Kepler could bounce back and put together a season worth $6.5 million, and Polanco is absolutely worth his deal. The reason I say Donaldson is because it's a massive amount of money. Donaldson's going to make $21 million this year and next year at 36 and 37 years old. He's going to hit 250 with like an 830 OPS. He'll hit 25 bombs. He'll play 60% of his games at third and the other 40% is at DH. Is that worth $21 million to you? That might be in this market. I just think Miguel Sano is not that good at baseball. But he could also come out and hit 35. I do. I do could, think so. But won't. But won't. Yeah, because you're a weird twins truther. Well, not anymore. I mean, I'm I'm eating that right now. I I think the Twins are one of the worst teams in baseball right now. 
And I think Miguel Sano and his 36% strikeout rate is a reason why. Mm-hmm. Just a middle-of-the-order bat making $10 million striking out every bat. I mean, fuck. Because Donaldson at least hits the ball really hard all the time. And he's still Josh Donaldson. But I, I there's... It's not a wrong... I, should he be making that much money right now? Probably not, but it's not that bad, right? Yeah. Right? I don't know. It's hard. What's it's my hard. other option here? Randy Dopnak? <laughs> Kepler. I guess Kepler, Sano. I'm going to stand by Donaldson. Fair enough. St. Louis Cardinals. Miles Michaelis making four years, $68 million. And the Cardinals are another team that have been very smart with their contracts, but this one seems to kind of stand out. He was excellent in 2018. He threw 200 innings and recorded a 2.83 ERA. But since 2018, the end of 2018, he's only thrown 228 innings over three separate seasons, recording a 4.17 ERA, and he'll turn 34 in August. He didn't pitch at all in 2020, and he barely pitched last year. He's a fine pitcher. Like he's a five in a good rotation, and he shouldn't be making that type of money. But the Cardinals have done a pretty good job. That was the only contract really on their payroll where I was like, eh, I don't know if I like that. If Andrew Miller was still on their books for one more year, would you call that contract worse? Miller no, was bad, but Michaelis can't. It didn't stay handcuff. Field. It didn't handcuff them, and like you're paying Miles Michaelis. $24 million over the length of the contract than Steven Matz. And I think Steven Matz is objectively a better pitcher than he is. Correct. And I don't even like the Steven Matz deal that much. <laughs> yeah, so one of them's fine and one of them's super... Blech. I just think Michaelis peaked in 2018 and will never see that again. And now he's getting paid like he pitched in 2018 when we're just not going to see that. Yeah, 100%. Um for Kansas City, I want to call the Sal Perez deal bad for so many reasons because you'll be paying a good DH that doesn't walk $20 million. Um, but that's what a good DH costs. And yeah, Sal Perez's are in the money. 48 bombs, yeah. Right. So let's say Hunter Dozier. He's owed just under $5 million this year, up to seven and a half next year, and nine two five in 2024. He was a thumper in 2019, but he hit two sixteen with a six eighty OPS. This past year, he feels like he is sunk cost, especially when Prado comes up and plays first. Agreed. So not much else to say about Hunter Dozier. I, I, that's a, like I do want to call twenty mil for for a DH a bad deal, but it's not a bad deal anymore because the Red Sox are paying JD Martinez around twenty million dollars, maybe more, and like Sal Perez might be a better hitter than JD Martinez right now. I just don't know. And I think we're just talking about the product on the field when it comes to Sal Perez. Like we've said it on right, previous more episodes. Yeah. He's gonna and he's gonna teach MJ Melendez. Like that is kind of something priceless. Like if MJ Melendez was coming up with the even Cleveland Guardians right now. Like who's teaching MJ Melendez? He's coming up with the Baltimore Orioles and Adley Rutschman. Like, who's teaching Adley Rutschman? Like, there's there's things that you need in the locker room, and Salvador Perez will provide that for one of their top prospects, which could be, like I said, priceless. Yeah. For Cleveland, Roberto Perez is in Pittsburgh, so he can't teach anybody. And then for uh, Baltimore, I guess it would be Andrew Susak. Is that right? Nothing like Adley Rutschman learning from Andrew fucking Susak. <laughs> that, that could be why he busts, because of Susak. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's going to be awesome. Cincinnati Reds, they gave A. Eugenio Suarez six years, $66 million from 2018 to 2025. So from 2018 to 2019, Suarez was one of the premier power bats in the entire sport. The only problem is, is the production has basically fallen off a cliff since 2020. Since 2020, he's hitting below the Mendoza line, hitting below 200 with a 90 WRC+. Still a power threat, but he's striking out 30% of the time and providing almost zero value on defense. You want to pay him for the next three or four years? I don't. Neither do I. And I don't think the Reds do either. Where do you think Suarez factors in? DH, now that they have the universal DH. Yeah. Remember they tried him at short, and he wasn't even that good a defender at third, and he was like the worst defensive shortstop in the history of the world. He was terrible at short. Now you've got Farmer and Barrero to go to, and you got India at second. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Barrero's smooth. 
I don't know how he's well awesome. that's going to translate, but he's smooth. I'm Team Barrero. Yeah, um, I think he's good. Yeah, we saw him in the I'm Futures big. game. The player formerly known as Jose Garcia. Yeah. They were all taking, uh, you know, in and outs and like, you know, when they're taking it in and out, it's not like a great representation of your actual talent, of course. But yeah. he was the guy that just stood out during that among all the Futures game participants because like his glove work and his arm and just everything about him was so smooth surrounded by some of the smoothest minor league prospects. So that's what I took away from it in and out. You can take away something from everything, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Detroit, Miggy's going to make $64 million bucks over the next two years. So that, that obviously sucks. But he's a Hall of Famer, and he's likely to go in wearing your hat. Um, so I guess I'm willing to pay it. I chose another deal. You can tell me why this deal is a lot better than Miguel Cabrera, and I'll hear it. I just simply don't like the Baez deal. You, you priced yourself out of Carlos Correa, who may be twice as good a player, and he'll make more than twice as much. But you paid six years 140 for Javi, and that felt like a ton when they did that. Now, Javi could make me eat my words next year, and he could give them a $30 million caliber year this coming year and then boom you only got 110 left to prove over the next five years but like i don't know it, it's really hard for me to call a possible first ballot hall of famer a triple crown winner an mvp in your uniform a bad deal you know what it seemed like did the tigers really want was javier baez their guy you know what i'm saying i feel like they had a set amount of money to deal with and they were just going to get in the eyes of I guess baseball, when you rank the shortstops or second basemen that are available in free agency, they didn't get Marcus Semien, who would have been a better fit for them on the field and in the clubhouse as a leader for Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green coming up. They didn't get Carlos Correa. They didn't get Corey Seager. They were both probably priced out of those two. So they just grabbed Javier Baez. Like, does Javier Baez actually fit with the Tigers' culture? Does he make the Tigers that much better? Is six years, 140, a good contract? I would say no. But does that mean that he's a bad player? No. Colby has done some convincing. Um, we were talking about not gambling advice when we were ranking fantasy baseball second baseman and shortstop. And, you know, he's he's getting me on the Javier Baez train a little bit more because it's just some adjustment things. And he made some clear adjustments with the Mets. And maybe those will translate over to Detroit. But, you know, he's playing in an enormous pitcher's park. I don't think we're going to see crazy stats next year. And I think if it'll be interesting to see if Javier Baez and, and the Tigers don't you know, take that next step and they're not a big playoff team, will Javier Baez be motivated? Are we going to see some crazy antics out of him? I just don't know what we're going to get, and I don't want to pay six years 140 for that. If the strikeout rate's under uh, 30%, I'll throw a parade. Exactly. Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't want to talk about this guy that much. Kind of similar to Marcelo Zuna, except, I mean, I don't want to compare. Terrible. Felipe Vasquez signed a four-year, $28 million deal, 2018 to 2023. He was sentenced to two to four years in prison for sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl. Scum. Yeah. Scum. Scum. Paid him. Uh, AL West, Anaheim. Justin Upton is on the final year of a five-year, $106 million deal. that he signed when he was 30. Not counting 2020, where he only played 40 to his 60 games. Justin Upton, over the course of this deal, is averaging... 99 games played, 19 and a half homers, 55 RBIs, and a 750 OPS. A cumulative war over the 339 games he's played for Anaheim since he signed the deal, 1.7. He's accumulated 1.7 wins above replacement since he signed for five years, $106 million. Fart noises. <laughs> that's not very good it's because he can't play defense anymore so he doesn't get anything from there that he just is a 750 OPS guy that you're paying a lot of money towards who doesn't I mean, drive and runs <laughs> he's he's alright when he's on the field problem is he's not on the field that much he's averaging less than 100 games played per year since he signed this deal yeah not ideal definitely not ideal but this, I wonder what he's gonna what his role is gonna be like with the Angels next year because the Angels outfield's pretty set. Maybe he's going to play some DH. But yeah, Otani's going to play a lot of DH. Fourth outfield, occasional DH when you want to get Otani's feet up. 
yeah, I don't know how many games Upton's going to play because he's not playing for Marsh, he's not playing for Adele, and he's certainly not playing for Trout, and Otani's the DH. So I, unless I, this an injury Trout happens, guy's getting a bit over the hill. Yeah. Who is that, anyway? Uh, Mike. You know Mike. He's still the best player in baseball. You think so? Yeah. He's got uh, You think so, right? Yeah. Yeah. He can't stay yeah. on the field yeah. right now, though. Yeah. He can't. He's played less games than Aaron Judge since Judge came up. Correct. Interesting. NL West. Los Angeles Dodgers. They're paying Trevor Bauer three years, $102 million. You got all the shitheads. Yeah, I got some bad people. The problems with Bauer have been widely publicized, but it's still and it's still completely up in the air whether he's going to play for the Dodgers in 2022. Like I said earlier in the episode, you could easily say David Price, but he signed with Boston and was traded to the Dodgers. And the Dodgers have barely made any mistakes, but this one could end up being pretty costly considering he's making almost $40 million a year to potentially not play. Like, you could say whatever you want. You could say, oh, I think he's innocent. I don't think he deserved it. From the Dodgers' point of view, he might not play in 2022 when you're paying him more money than pretty much anybody in in the major leagues. So whatever you think about Trevor Bauer, the contract itself is not good. If he's First of all, he only threw 106 innings last year, and he was a locker room disaster. It obviously wasn't good for the Dodgers' locker room. Right. So, objectively bad. Correct. Correct. I, the answer here. But you don't even have to go into. You don't even if because if Trevor Bauer, I, I don't even know if he was innocent. What what and everything that has to do with that. But regardless, right. It it's is pre- what it is. It's pretty cut and dry in terms of baseball. He's not playing. So boom, uh, Oakland. Elvis Andrews is stealing money from the Oakland A's. Granted, he signed this <laughs> deal with Texas. Uh, $7 million this year, a $15 million player option next year. He had a WRC plus of 72 last year. So he didn't sign his deal with Oakland. This is just, you know, kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This is bleeding over from his Texas deal. So, uh, let's try and find a, a bad deal that Billy Bean has inked somebody to. Um, is it Steven Piscotty? No, he signed it with St. Louis. Um, who could this possibly be? Anybody? I'm it up with you. Chad Pinder for two seven two five. Is that the worst the deal the a- they have? I mean, the A's don't pay anybody, so it's another one. Anybody. It's like when you go contracts by team. I mean, what one year for two million dollars? That a bad deal for a guy who probably won't play. You I just guess. said Tony Kemp was the best option. They got Piscotty and Andrews via trade. Everybody else option. is arbitration. So, like, I'm not going to call Tony Kemp the worst. It's either Diolis Guerra for $815,000 on a one-year deal, or it's Chad Pinder on a one-year deal to avoid arbitration. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> isn't even on the team. I just kind of want to say this Elvis is, Andrews. <laughs> this one is impossible. This it's one impressive. is impossible. It's impressive. I mean, the only one that actually is impossible is is Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, because they don't even they haven't signed anyone. I'm telling the only people that they have committed legitimate money to is Jose Ramirez. So this one might be the overall worst contract in baseball. Maybe I guess besides the Nationals, it was ranked number two on the top five worst contracts given out by Jake Graziano, again, on JustBaseball.com. That is Eric Hosmer, who's making eight years, $144 million from 2018 to 2025. I saw this in the article, Jack. Through the first four years in San Diego, what do you think Eric Hosmer's war is? Four years? Four years. I'll go four and a half. Half. 0.5. 0.5. And his ground ball rates are like 88%. He's also posted a WRC plus of 102 or less in three or four seasons. And he's, yeah, like you said, a ground ball machine that doesn't even pick it over at first anymore. He had zero outs above average in 2021. He's literally just bad. God. Like nothing. Ugh. Just Supposed to be this. Who did this I say? Great fart hope coming for? from Kansas City. 
I mean, he's just the worst contract. Maybe I think it's worse than Corbin. I gotta talk to Drake Graziano. I think this is the worst one. I mean, I, no, because Corbin's making just as much, and he was actually the worst pitcher in baseball, while Eric Hosmer was like the third worst first baseman in baseball. But these two guys, not good, not good, horrible. Um, Houston, I don't particularly like the McCullers deal because he's got a full no trade clause through twenty twenty six. But I like him performing to the value of $17 million a year through his age 32 season. I think McCullers is good. Um, mm-hmm. Borderline, like, I think McCullers is a two. Do you pay a two $17 million a year through 2026? Yeah, probably. Um, I think Alex Bregman is going to hurt. He's going to make over $30 million both in 2023 and 2024 with a 10-team no-trade clause. We might be sitting here in a year saying... Oh my God, the Astros are in a predicament right now with Alex Bregman. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, they've done a pretty good job. You wouldn't say Altuve in his seven year $163 no, never. million dollar deal. You probably aren't even saying Verlander coming off an injury. I know he's making $25 million a year, but it's Justin Verlander. And I think you're it's certainly a great not deal. saying yeah. Michael Brantley. It's a great deal as well. I like what, I mean, Ryan Presley, you know. He was good, though. He's on a two year deal, but I think he's a top five bullpen arm in baseball. So that's, right. that's a reliever contract that I do like. That's you got to go with one. It's got to be Alex Bregman. He's making twenty million dollars a year. Just straight up wasn't worth that last year, and I don't think he's going to provide that kind of value this year. Do you? No. And he's making thirty in twenty twenty three, and then he's making thirty again in twenty twenty four. Like that's one of those numbers. McCullers, I look at, and I see the length, and that kind of concerns me. With Bregman, I look at the dollar amount, and I'm like, that's high, yeah. really, really high. I mean, you're paying him like a top three third baseman in baseball, and he's just not correct. San Francisco Giants are hilarious because there isn't a good answer. You go through their entire roster besides Evan Longoria. Like I said last time, he signed that with the Rays. He did not sign that with the San Francisco Giants. They are, maybe besides the Rays, the best team at this. So guess what I'm going with? Scott Casimir, one year, 600K. That's it. That's how good the Giants have been. I mean, Brandon Crawford has a great deal. Alex Cobb and uh, Desclafani have been signed to team-friendly deals. I just don't know what Scott Casper is going to do for them next year, so why even pay him anything? But he, honestly, now thinking about it, he's probably going to be great for them next year. This is probably going to be an absolute steal. But right now, I'm awesome. just going to go with that one because I, I who, which, you find a bad contract. Tommy LaStella, three years, 18.7. Really good platoon bat, though. Yeah, so he'll make 5 2 I would, 5 I would this year. That. But. Would you give him eleven five next year? He backloaded the shit out of it. I, I guess I wouldn't, but I just I view Tommy Lestell as a good player, and I think if you're getting a discount one year and you just backloaded a little bit, that's it's just where the money is spent per year. But I think overall the contract is solid for a really good platoon bat. It's tough. I I do dig yeah. Scott Casimir. Casimir was fun for a while. I just don't know what he's even going to provide them. Right, and I thought no. it was kind of funny because no that just—I went to go shows how good the Giants are at this. If you're looking for a five right now, maybe Casimir is the five to open the season. Maybe he is. Uh, Seattle. I mean, Marco Gonzalez. Uh, last year was year one of a four-year, thirty million dollar deal. I don't like the chances of him keeping the ERA a smidge under four like he was last year. I don't like the strikeout rate under nineteen percent. I don't like the walk rate over seven percent. And I don't like that he relies on a pitch that's 88 miles an hour to be his hardest offering. I, I don't. And I texted a big group of like 20 people that work for Just Baseball. And I was like, is Marco Gonzalez good? And no, nobody gave me a good answer. Some people were like, yeah. And I was like, are you sure? And they were like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I just can't decide if he's good or not. And somebody I can't decide if they're good or not, I can't give him $30 million. Thoughts on this? Is he exactly the major league average equivalent of the starting pitcher? I like think when we, so. When we when we rate starting pitchers, should we use the Marco Gonzalez scale? Is he better than him? All right, he's above average. Is he worse than him? All right, he's below average. Yeah, and I guess that's just a question on the market, and less so about Marco Gonzalez. Like, is is and the also an average... average starting pitcher is valuable? Yes. Somewhat. Is the average starting pitcher in Major League Baseball worth four years, thirty million dollars? 
And I, I think the answer is no, but the answer is probably. <laughs> but the Mariners also have done a really good job with this. So sometimes, like, you hear a contract. It's like, that's not that bad of a contract, but it's probably the worst on their team. Because um, you know how I, I've invented this, the Dansby Swanson shortstop scale. Correct. If you're better than Dansby Swanson, you're an above-average shortstop. If you're worse, you're below average. doesn't Correct. mean Dansby Swanson is bad because average gets a bad rap to it. Average, you know, if you're an average MLB player, you're awesome. Right? In the grand scheme of things. So, here's a guy who's been very below average for his new team. Arizona Diamondbacks and Madison Bumgarner signed a five-year, $85 million deal for the best postseason pitcher of the 21st century. Maybe I'd say Mariano Rivera, but he's, yeah, he's right there. He probably is better, honestly, because he just started versus, I don't know. Never mind. He's got a (laughs) 5.07 ERA since joining the Diamondbacks. He's just a shell of himself. Not the same guy. Velocity's dipped. Everything's dipped. He gives up a ton of home runs and doesn't look like he's motivated and I'm sure he'd rather just tractor over to his ranch and say goodbye, but he's got to make some more millions for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, just post up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Texas, I'll wrap with Texas here. Jose Leclerc is probably the worst contract they have. They signed him for four <laughs> years, 14.75 ahead of the 2019 season. Um, he made a million bucks in 2019. He was fine in 2019. Uh, finished 40 games for him, had a 4.33 ERA. He only threw two innings in 2020. He was hurt. 2021, he didn't appear. He was hurt. This year, he'll make $4.75 million. Um, and then club options for six next year and six two five in 2024. So I've got no idea like how Jose Leclerc is going to look, but that's the worst deal. And honestly, like, they don't have many bad deals right now. They signed Cole Calhoun to a one-year deal, and like Cole Calhoun can be a Major League Baseball outfielder. Um, and then it's too soon to call Semyon, Seager, or Gray bad deals. And I think all three of them were pretty good deals. I agree. You know, Texas spent most of their money, over $500 million. That's, you know they spent worth more than the Vegas Golden Knights are worth? The Texas Rangers spent more than the current valuation on the Vegas Golden Knights this yeah. offseason? This offseason. And they'll spend even more on Kershaw. Yeah, and there's more hockey teams too, but it feels like Vegas should be worth more than 500 million. But they're worth yeah, like they're new. They're, they're building capital. It's like it's like a credit score. You got to build up. True, but they aren't the lowest NHL team. There's there's probably like six or seven lower than them. This would be a perfect time actually to have like a an ad read for Experian or something, right? Hey, by <laughs> the way, Peter, have you checked your credit score? I'm looking great. Let's wrap with the Colorado Rockies, Charlie Blackman. Six years, $108 million, 2018 to 2023. 2019, Charlie Blackman was a star. 2020 and 2021, Charlie Blackman, not so much. Since 2020, he has a 95 WRC+. And in 2021, Jack, he finished as the single worst right fielder when it comes to outs above average. 40th out of 40 that qualified. He's 35 years old and will be 36 by the end of 2022. Charlie Blackman is over the hill, and he's still making a bunch of money and won't be a free agent until 2024. Yeah, but he's got sweet hair and a sweet beard. True. I do like Charlie Blackman as a, as a person and as a baseball player because in 2018, 2019, the dude was a freak. I mean, he was hitting over 300 with 30 bombs, but just the past two years, they have not been good, and he's still making a ton of money and will continue to make more money. You know, and he's just... He's older than I really thought he was. I thought he was like 32-ish, 33, but he's 35, about to be 36. He's getting up there in age. But how fun was Tulo, Arenado, Blackman, and Cargo for a little bit? The best. Life Cargo. was a movie. Cargo's my dude. Cargo I was loved the Cargo. man. loved Cargo. He was the man. Cargo and Tulo on the, the same team? One of the swings. Oh, bro, that Carlos Do you see Tulo? Swing. Were you watching a Texas game? I think it was yes. I forget. My brain is fizzled. It was either yesterday's game or the day before. Tulo in an absolute shouting match because he's one of the coaches now for Texas. Yeah. Absolute shouting match with the umpire. Fired me up. It was, no, I didn't see. It was that Texas was LSU Texas. or Texas UCLA? That's what I forget. I I I I, I would, wasn't able to watch the Texas UCLA game, but I I saw a replay of it. I'm not exactly sure where I saw it, but I saw that happen in the last day or two. You're getting into college ball, man. Uh, during Sick. the lockout, while this thing continues, go to JustBaseball.com. You've got tons of college baseball coverage. The boys a spring podcast. 
launching up. They've got episode one out, episode two coming soon. Um, yeah, lots of minor league stuff. Like, there's going to be baseball going on, whether it's the big boys or not. We're going to cover, you know, the other big boys if if the real big boys don't don't go. So we'll be fine. Um, and thanks for listening, everybody. This, this is awesome. Uh, and it means a lot that you guys are listening while uh, the head hot shows can't figure their shit out. It does mean a lot. I really do appreciate it. And, you know, we've been talking baseball five days a week now for this entire lockout. We're not going to stop. And also, you know, we're dropping more stuff. I have my podcast, Not Gambling Advice, with Colby. Um, and we're talking fantasy baseball. We just did an American League betting preview, um, giving our favorites to win each division and a league winner. There's some juicy lines. There are some juicy, juicy lines that maybe we could possibly go over on the Just Baseball show. But to hear the full thoughts, got to check out Not Gambling Advice because it's Not Gambling Advice, of course. Not gambling advice, of course. Uh, and my not gambling advice t-shirt. Uh, and the merch, the hat. The hat is freaking sweet. So that's that. And Peter. With that, thank you, everybody.